Hello everybody, I'm Matt Micucci and you are listening to Jazz Is Travel. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of Jazz Is Travel, a series of podcast conversations with innovative and groundbreaking artists from different parts of the world. The aim of this series is to open up the jazz conversation to include various music traditions of different cultures, jazz movements of different regions and countries, and highlight fascinating multicultural projects. Our guest today is Honduran-born pianist Oscar Rossignoli, who folds many traditions into his music, drawing on the training in classical music he received from the age of six and his passion for Latin and North American jazz. A few years ago, he moved to New Orleans on a music scholarship at Louisiana State University and decided to stay there. Since then, he has been playing with some of the city's best jazz musicians. While he's established a reputation in a variety of bands and settings, including as part of the brilliant contemporary trio Extended with Matt Booth and Brad Webb, and leading a quartet of his own, his latest self-released album Inertia marks his first solo piano project. The album was released on the 25th of May, and we talk about this and more in today's Jazz Is Travel podcast. Fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here's our conversation with Oscar Rossignoli. Hello, Oscar. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Jazz Is Travel. Hi, Matt. It's a pleasure being here, man. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. And uh, well, this is uh, the title of the series is Jazz Is Travel. And I always like to find out, first of all, where are you speaking from right now? I'm speaking from the city of New Orleans in Louisiana. Right, right. The city of New Orleans. Is it true that you've been living there for about seven years now? It was seven years uh, past June actually right. uh, exactly and yeah it's been a great uh, it's been fantastic but why did you decide to move there was it its rich music tradition it was definitely music but it was also the fact that uh for my uh undergrad i went to lsu which is in baton rouge city that is an hour away from new orleans you know so i was already very close to the city so after i graduated it was just logical, you know, to, to make my move there. Was it everything that you expected it to be? 
It was actually more because uh-huh. uh, my I intended to spend time in New Orleans for only a year. You know, uh, I, this was like a vacation city for me in between degrees. But once I was here, I realized, oh man, I want to stay here for a little longer. These guys are having fun. What was the deciding factor that made you realize this was the place to be? I think it just in a matter of a week, I was here and I just had like three or four experiences musically that I was just like, if this is the normal, I think I can do this. I like this vibe. Uh, and I just found a very, also very united, very welcoming community of musicians almost immediately. So that was very important to me too. Right, exactly. And uh, of mm-hmm. course, though, you are originally from Honduras, right? I, absolutely, from the city of San Pedro Sula, Honduras. So I've never, I've never been there, and I'd love to know. I mean, what was it like growing up there? Uh, was there much music around you? There was a lot of music. I grew up in a family uh, that where music was highly appreciated. My dad, he even though he didn't uh, became a musician, he didn't become a musician, you know, professionally, he always was a fan and, and enjoyed good music, has a good taste, you know, so he would have classical music, rock, and all kinds of good stuff playing in the house. Um, so that was my first exposure to music, for sure. Also growing up in a family going to church, that also influenced my curiosity for for music and, and drumming, especially. And you actually started uh, uh, by learning classical music. That's kind of where you start, where you began, right? Yes, I went to school for, for classical music, and it wasn't until uh, around, I was around 14, 15 years old when, when the jazz and the improvisation uh, kind of came to me and kind of took me by surprise, and I started like uh, navigating those those waters and was there a, is there a healthy jazz scene in Honduras uh, there was not much of a scene uh, we had a couple of bands in town and uh, people that uh, some musicians that definitely would try to play this music but not a jazz venue you know nothing that I could just go see uh, every week or jazz schools for that matter so uh, we had to learn this music via listening to albums and trying to copy and transcribe, uh-huh. you know, what, what was happening. What were, who were the artists that kind of caught your attention the most? Well, at the beginning, you know, my, my fascination with, with jazz started by listening to Latin jazz. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was listening to pianists like Chucho Valdez from Cuba, uh, Gonzalo Rualcaba, also Cuban, uh, Michel Camilo from uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, so that was my introduction to jazz was through that door. And there's a little bit of that influence too to be heard in your latest album, Inertia. So it is something that you continue to carry with you. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the Latin rhythms, that's, all, that's definitely my blog, you know, like it's in my DNA. So yeah. So let's talk about your new album, Inertia, which uh, was released in May, I believe. And it is a solo piano album. Why did you decide to, to give it this title? What's the meaning behind it? Uh, to me, inertia, I know it can have a negative connotation, but to me, it speaks of this Zen-like quality of, of uh, improvisation in music. You know, when you're in this moment and you don't interfere with, with what's happening musically, with your thoughts, with your attitude, you know, sometimes we have this 
inner voice that's telling us, oh, that wasn't that good, that wasn't that great. Oh, that sounded like this guy. You know, so to me, inertia is like a moment, it's a, it's a mindset that, that it's kind of required to let the music flow. Hmm. But, but it, is it challenging to do that, though? It's challenging, and, and it's, it's, it's been something that I've been working on uh, for, for many years, uh, not only the technical aspect of it, you know, of course, I need to know my instrument, I need to know my way around it, but also having the confidence of putting yourself in that position, because you're like, there, no, no, there's no paper, there's no plan, and you just jump, and you just start swimming. There isn't just a musical dimension, it's also kind of psychological, also maybe spiritual? Definitely, definitely. I, 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 it feels more, a lot of times as a meditation, as uh-huh. if I'm meditating, you know, because I don't have any, any plans, anything, and I just like, start playing and, and let the, the, the music flow. So is, uh, is that process enhanced within a solo setting? I just feel like with the piano, the nature of the instrument, you know, is like having an orchestra at your fingertips. Uh-huh. So that allows me to just take my time and expand on, yeah. on, on, on the ideas. What are the origins of this project? Is this your first solo piano album? Yes, this is the first one. First one as a leader. Uh, this, this has always been a dream of mine, you know, a solo, the solo piano format is uh, very iconic. In, in music, not just in jazz, but also in classical, you have the piano recital. So with those two traditions, I, I, I really, that was just one goal of mine. I really always wanted to make a solo piano album. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, being forced to be solo <laughs> during 2020, I thought, well, uh, I have nothing to do. Uh, I cannot get people together to rehearse and to play. So. I think this is the time to make that solo album I've been thinking of. How did you How did you record it? Uh, I recorded. I I went to a studio here in in New Orleans. It's uh, Esplanade Studios. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. If if you buy the album, you can see the pictures. Uh, the album uh, art is pretty much pictures of the studio because it's such a beauty. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where I recorded it. The track you are hearing just now is Nocturno, a nod to Chopin by Oscar Rossignoli from his self-released solo album Inertia. This is his first full-length solo piano project and it showcases his long relationship with his instrument as well as his process of discovery through improvisation through a collection of original compositions and improvisations. This is also an album he says he had been wanting to make for a very long time. Stay tuned for the second part of our conversation with Oscar Rossignoli.
So one of the tracks, I believe, is actually a tribute to the late, great uh, Chick Corea, uh, whose, I think his final album that he released uh, was uh, a solo piano album too, which is uh, an interesting kind of uh, connection there. But just in general, was he, is he someone that you particularly look up to? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. I didn't make the connection that Chick, his latest album was also a solo piano. Yes, definitely. Chick was was one of my biggest influences, uh, and I admire him for not only his his beautiful music and compositions, but his attitude towards music, uh, such an openness to to uh, different uh, backgrounds, different influences, different styles. So yes, Chick Chick definitely is one is one of my heroes. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I also you know aside from the great music that he put out, I also enjoyed regularly checking in with his youtube channel where he shared a lot of that wisdom so it was very sad when when uh, you know the tragic news of his passing uh, we found that out earlier this year uh did you ever get to meet him you know i did not unfortunately and i think if i'm not mistaken he was going to come for jazz fest in new orleans ah. in 2020 yeah that's pretty sad. Another uh, pianist that you pay, well, I mean, at least it felt like that to me, that you kind of pay tribute to in some way, I think, is Chopin. Uh, one of the tracks is titled <laughs> Nocturno. Uh, and so I immediately, of course, it reminded me of the fabled Nocturnes by Chopin. Is he someone else that kind of, you know, you look up to as an inspiration in your piano work, also in your compositions? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, studying classical music, of course, uh, that sticks with me. Uh, but Chopin, it, uh, he created a, a vocabulary. He changed the the sound of the or, or the possibilities of the instrument. You know, so we pianists, Chopin is like one part of the Bible. You know that we keep, and we go back to him. Like I go back to studying his works every once in a while because he keeps my 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 chops alive. And, and, and also always, I feel like I always take ideas from his harmonic vocabulary. You know, I think that one, uh, I heard once Barry Harris uh, say that Chopin was actually a jazz pianist. <laughs> Would you agree with that statement? I mean, it, yeah, uh, harmonically speaking, you can see a lot of that there. Yes, yes. And, and there's, some, there's some pieces that I, that I definitely have stolen, you know, some, 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 some ideas from him. So tell me a little more about the uh, recording process. I mean, did you walk into the uh, into the recording session knowing what you were going to play, or were there also pieces that were completely fully improvised? There, there, there was a combination of the two. I had some complete ideas, complete compositions, even some tunes that I have been recorded in other people's projects, and or I had played with a jazz ensemble here, or, or things like that. So I, I had a group of compositions like that. I had other groups of ideas, like incomplete ideas. Like I had a, I had a bass line and like some chords, or I had two different contrasting ideas that I said, okay, how can I put this together? Let me just try and see if I can put them together in time. And also some of the tracks are complete improvisations mm. that, hap that happen at the studio. So some of these tracks you had actually composed for a full band? Uh, yes, like I have played uh, in a trio or a quartet. Uh, it, yeah, there are sure. versions of that, yes. 
Oh right, right, right. So these were new mm-hmm. takes on those compositions. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that sounds interesting. So that goes back to your concept of what you were saying earlier that you almost have to transform into a full orchestra. Exactly, exactly. It has been a tough uh, time for musicians recently, for everybody, of course, but musicians as well. Uh, the pandemic has been brutal, especially in, uh, you know, preventing in a lot of the parts of the world live performances or stopping live performances. Have you, aside from recording this great new album, have you encountered many difficulties? Have you found it challenging to stay creative at this time? Definitely, definitely. This album, I think, is is one of the points in 2020 where I was inspired. But I felt in 2020, man, like it came in waves. Some days I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be creative. Some days I was, all right, let me practice this piece for no reason at all, but, but, but I feel like playing. So I think the album is at a point where I was like, okay, I cannot be like this. I cannot just stay waiting for inspiration, waiting to feel like doing something. So I had, I might as well just like do it. Uh, but definitely not, not having that normal lifestyle of working, <clears throat> making music for a living. That was the most challenging part. And being on the road too. Being on the road, I was, yeah, not, not being on the road. Like right now, usually with, with my trio, which is the other project I have extended, we would be going out right now. You know, we always do like a mini tour in the U.S. Uh, during the summertime so that we didn't have a chance to plan for that uh, because of this situation. So what's in store now for the future? Is there uh, any plans now going forward? Yes, there's uh, another album by that trio extended that we're working on right now. It's going to be our album number three. You can check the previous two uh, are available everywhere. So that's, we're working on that. And uh, for now, I'm just enjoying, you know, music back in New Orleans, just playing a lot of gigs now that the city is back open. And uh, we're hoping that stays that way. Of course, yeah. Can you tell me a little more about that trio? Yeah, the trio is uh, with my friends, Brad Webb on drums and Matt Booth on bass. Uh, We've been together for maybe four years now. And uh, it's an interesting group that is it's like a combination of what I do too, like jazz and classical. We translate that and we bring Matt and Brad's other influences. And uh, it's all original music we compose for the band. And uh, yeah, you should check it out. And uh, of course, I urge listeners to also check out your new album, Inertia, which is, uh, which is amazing. And Oscar, thank you very much for joining us and talking with us about it. This was great. Oh, this was um, a pleasure, man. Thank you.
hope you enjoyed our conversation with Oscar Rossignoli. His new album Inertia was released on the 25th of May and is a must-have for fans of solo jazz piano. And that just about wraps up this week's episode of Jazz Is Travel. We'll be back for more globetrotting jazz and conversation next week. In the meantime, why not check out jazzis.com, a regularly updated website for both newbies and jazz aficionados featuring news, reviews, new music roundups, interviews, playlists, and much more, as well as exclusive content that you can get access to when you subscribe. Till the next time, stay healthy, stay safe, stay strong, and I'll see you soon.